Hello and welcome back to the Balance Bond Podcast, Soul on Fire. We're going to make today's intro pretty short and sweet because we have an extra long episode for you today. But I do have a special guest for the intro. Say hello. Hello. This is my mom, Dirty Martinis and Skinny Jeans, Jane Younger, my best friend, my neighbor, etc., Hi. Hi. So my mom and I were on a walk a little while ago and she stood outside while I voted, mm-hmm. which I'm very proud of because I had Lyme treatments all morning and just didn't have very much energy. But I got out there. I voted. I used my voice. You did. You did good. Thank you. And then my mom took a photo shoot of photos for me outside so I could post with my I voted sticker. Of course. So today's episode is with the beautiful Jenna Zoe. She is the human design chart reader who was on episode, I believe it was 74 last time. And absolutely rocked the world of everybody listening, including myself, sharing all about human design, reflectors, projectors, manifestors, manifesting generators, and generators. And you are a projector. So from what you've learned, do you feel that you resonate with that? Yes, I do, actually. Um, my mom is such a projector for everybody out there. Projectors, you'll learn a lot about in this episode because not only is Jenna a projector, but also Jillian, my best friend, is a projector. And she came on for the last half of this episode to ask Jenna questions yeah. about projectors. And they had an awesome conversation. And I was kind of a part of it, except for... We were sharing two microphones, so I kind of just let them do their thing. And I was so happy because she asked so many questions that I think people genuinely have. And beyond being a reflector, which is 1% of the population, I wanted to give people listening the chance to hear about other types. Oh, I can't wait to firsthand. hear that. It's so good. I'm sure I'll learn a ton. I know. So this is the, I think, third to last new episode that I'll be releasing this year. Next week, I have Jedediah Jenkins coming on the podcast, my favorite author and my favorite person to follow on Instagram. That's going to be great. Yes. And the following week, I think I'll do a solo episode talking about the time off that I'm about to take. And then I'll tell everybody what to expect from there on out in that solo episode. Okay. So before we dive into the episode, because I did say we would make this intro short, um, let's thank today's sponsor, Hum Nutrition. Okay. So this is perfect that we're talking about Hum Nutrition together because I recently introduced it to you. And what did you think? I loved it. So Hum Nutrition is my favorite beauty supplement company. My mom tried a couple different ones that I've been taking for a long time. She tried the Flatter Me, which supports a flatter stomach and healthy digestion. But really, let's just think about the digestion because... We don't have to say that we want to change our bodies or anything like that, but 
when our digestion is working properly, then obviously we have a flatter stomach. Which is always nice. Always nice. Always helpful. So you liked the flatter me. You also liked the daily cleanse, which everybody listening, if they listen often, they know the daily cleanse is my personal favorite from Hum Nutrition. It helps clear your skin and body from toxins. So kind of like what I was doing earlier with the ozone, mm-hmm. um, this supplement just further helps to clean skin, liver, bowel, kidneys, and lungs. It's made of organic algae and cleansing minerals. It has 15 different detox herbs in it. And one bottle has 60 capsules that are all completely vegan. So the reason why I love Hum Nutrition is that all of their products are non-GMO, they are gluten-free, sustainably sourced, premium quality, pure and potent, and clinically proven. So you can go on their website and actually talk to a nutritionist, which is what I think you should do. Yeah, that's a great idea. Because if you're not sure where to start and what kind of supplement to take and start with, then you can just hop on and tell them what your symptoms are, where you feel like you're lacking, and they will point you in the right direction. Right. Yes. So all of our Soul on Fire listeners have a special code with HUM. You can go to humnutrition.com and type in the code SOUL, that's S-O-U-L as in Soul on Fire, to get 20% off and that's humnutrition.com. Use the code SOUL. You can try my favorites, the Daily Cleanse and Flatter Me. I also like their Omega supplement, which is called OMG Omega the Great, which I think is so cute. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe next time my mom's here, she can tell you her favorites. Yeah, I will. Amazing. So thank you, Hum, for sponsoring the episode. Thank you to my mom for being here with me as I record the intro because I'm super low energy today and I couldn't imagine recording on my own. So that's just the reality of being sick and I really look forward to feeling better and coming out with new episodes in a few months when I'm feeling better. Anyway, let's dive into this episode with Jenna Zoe and talk everything human design. Okay, Jenna, you're back. Yeah. I'm so happy. Me too. I just have to see you every time you come to LA because (laughs) then I get to see you like just as much as I see people who live here practically. It's almost like I live here. I've been here for something like six times this year or something crazy. I know. It's so cool. I love it. I'm so happy to have you back on the podcast. And as you know, you're one of my final conversations before I take some time off and... It just couldn't be more fitting because you're so easy to talk to. And there's nothing that feels like work about podcasting with you. Oh, and thank you. Yeah. I mean, our conversations when we hang out outside of this kind of thing might as well be podcast conversations anyway. (sighs) So this is just perfect. Amazing. So everyone who might not have heard Jenna on The last time she came on the podcast, which I'm pretty sure was episode 74, just because 
I literally tell people, I lead people to it constantly. It's like 73 or 74. So it's been a while. Mm. It's been like, oh gosh, 40 something weeks. Wow. Yeah. That's weird. That's crazy. That's so weird. Um, So yeah, if you didn't hear the first time Jenna was on, she's a human design chart reader. And since then you've only really like exploded, I would say in many ways, like human design has gotten more popular Mm -hmm. largely because you're really spreading the message Mm -hmm. and it's really exciting to have you back. And people like you as well who are message spreaders and you, you know, you spread things that are good and helpful for other people. So it's a beautiful thing that you do. Thank you. Um, So if people didn't catch you the first time, just Mm -hmm. kind of Tell us again who you are, your projector self. (laughs) Um, I am a human design reader. I started doing this work um, full-time about two years ago, a little over two years ago, two and a half years ago. And um, it was basically something that totally took me by surprise. I didn't intend to do this work at all. Um, It just kind of found me. And um, yeah, I guess most people know what human design is, but it's basically like reading your energy, the aura. Um, and everybody has a different aura and so we need to use it differently and when we use our aura correctly then we experience success and our um, divine timing and our destiny it's interesting because I kind of think of free will and destiny they both exist Um, so free will is obviously the choices that you make and you have ultimate freedom to choose those things but then the destiny is the things that are meant for you and are never not going to be yours and never going to be anyone else's in there. They, they are yours now and they just will be um, coming into fruition when you align with your real self. And so that's what, that's what I do. So cool. Well, you know, you got me on a spiral of <laughs> loving human design. If you know me personally, I have definitely done your human design. <laughs> um, Learning how to read charts better. I got the book that you told me to get, which yeah. is, what's it called again? It's called Human Design, The Science of Differentiation. And it's the best one that I recommend because it's written by the guy who founded it, Ra Uruhu. So um, there's a lot of other books and a lot of other information on the internet, but this book is the highest integrity, best quality, straight from the horse's mouth, the guy that downloaded it. So it's the purest um, communication of that information. Yeah. So it's been really fun looking into the human design of everyone around me and seeing. I pretty much surround myself with projectors. Very interesting. And generators. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be almost everyone I know. Wow. Isn't that wild? That's so weird. I know some manifesting generators and Mm. some manifestors. Mm. But all of my best friends are projectors um, wow. or generators. Isn't that so interesting? Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how um, we gravitate towards other types because often what I um, what I see is that we, we sort of um, look towards the people who have the medicine that we need. And so, um, or often like let's say because you're a reflector, right? So the different energies that your soul needs to be exposed to in this life to actually help you get to where you're going would be projector energy and generator energy. And that's what you would kind of feed off and that's what would make you feel your best and that's what would make you thrive and be more productive at when you need to and not when you don't and all the different things that you need for you know, getting to where your soul wants to get to. So it's like, it's saying, okay, I'm going to borrow this projector energy for now. And then I'm going to take a little bit of generate. It's almost like choosing your own spice blend, you know? Yeah. That makes so much sense. Yeah. 
I like it. It's been really cool Mm. to see and just really helps understand people better Mm. and give so much context for why people approach life the way that they do Mm. and all of it. It's fascinating. It's interesting because, um, you know, really the most of the work is the second that you start to see someone for who they are, then you don't have any more like judgments over why they do the things they do. You don't kind of look at their thing and have no understanding and go, therefore, oh, I don't get it. Or why this person doing that? Or what's their motivation for this and whatever. When you see someone's chart or even just begin to even understand their energy type, just the acknowledgement of the how we're also radically different. That's like the main medicine of human design because the guy who founded it, Ra'uruhu, his whole thing was like, we're raised as a collective to be homogenous, to be all the same. And we believe because of the um, the karma that we're currently in as a collective is all that um, you're safe if you're part of the tribe. And so if you break away and be different, then you're not going to be valued. And so even on a small um, scale, you know, from being like, you know, you have to be more like your parents because you idolize your parents when you're born. And so you start to believe that you have to be like them in order to be loved and all this kind of stuff. Um, You know, dehomogenizing us is so important. And so the second that you see someone as different than what you are and you see both of them as good, like I'm great and you're great then that's like imagine if every human being on the planet could do that i mean where would we be as a as a collective and our consciousness be it would just be miles ahead of where we are now and i believe we're heading that way yeah yeah absolutely and to just know and be aware of all the different strategies for each human design type mm-hmm. like learning the reflector strategy is to wait the full moon cycle before you make a decision yeah that has been life changing really given that i am a pretty impulsive person mm-hmm. and i still have to really fight that because my natural inclination if I want to do something like it has to be done immediately like if I am thinking of someone I need to text them right now that kind of thing Mm. or um make a decision like all these decisions I have right now with my wedding like you know if I think of someone who I think would be perfect to officiate our wedding because we're going through that right now trying to find the perfect person because our perfect person can't come because they have a oh. different wedding um oh on the same day isn't that wild so and clearly how far in advance that's crazy. a year a year from today whoa november 2nd oh my gosh yeah how weird is um, that huh? it's exciting and weird so anyway like i'm the type who's like if we you know, we thought of some people who would be great to officiate our wedding. Let's ask them right, right this second. And Jonathan is like, no, let's think about it for a few weeks. Let's just sit on it and think about it. It's a year away. What if we change our minds? Blah, blah. So um, to think about waiting a full moon cycle take so much stress off of my decision-making process Mm. because I like to do things immediately. Mm. And I can say from much experience that doesn't always work out Mm. at all. Like, I think I know I'm like, yes, this is what my intuition says. Let's do it. Let's go. I know I fully have this knowing. And then days later, I feel so different about about the same thing. Mm. It's so interesting. Yeah. And there's not a lot of people that, um, yeah, it's hard to imagine what that feels like. You know, that's such a rare, um, 
such a rare path to be taking to have to wait a full moon cycle. And certainly the world doesn't get up for, you know, enabling you to do that. It's it's kind of everything working against you um, in terms of the way that people operate. People need an answer right away. People need to know how you feel straight away. Um, and it takes, I think it takes a lot. It's the most deconditioning one can do, I think, to be a reflector because you literally, like I said, you have everything. It's like swimming against the current of the world's MO, you know? Um, and so to have people, first, people allow you to do that. But then second of all, for people to understand why you do that, you know, that the second part is is probably, you know, um, doesn't always happen. Oh, it doesn't always work out. Uh, I mean, I'll say yes to a brand partnership, and a week will pass and I'll tell them, I'm so sorry. I realize this is probably very inconvenient, but I can't do this anymore mm. for whatever reason. And I love when people understand. It makes me feel like the world is a good place mm. and people understand on a soul level. Mm. They don't even have to understand on a soul level, but I like for people to understand on a human level mm. why I can't do certain things yeah. or why I have changed my mind or something. Mm. Um, but a lot of times things are very transactional. Mm. So I don't know if it's like a generator on the other end mm. or someone who just was couldn't, couldn't imagine. Mm. Um, yeah. Sometimes people, I feel that I've probably burned some bridges that mm. way, but mm. well, it's interesting because the conditioning that we're all collectively dealing to sort of get out of is this lack mentality, right? And so anytime that people would be getting annoyed at you for, um, you know, saying no to something, they're annoyed at you because they think, okay, I'm going to get Jordan to do this. And this is going to be the exact way that I need it to happen. And they get controlling over like, this needs to happen in this certain way. And if this happens, then I'll make X money or this will be the end result or whatever. Whereas actually, if we didn't have this like mentality, then people would find it so much easier to be like, oh, okay, that wasn't meant to be. But of course, there's going to be something equally great, or maybe the right person is going to fill that space, or maybe it's going to be even better and just releasing that control. So the main thing that we're really, really working ourselves out of is lack mentality and all the different ways in which that presents itself through a chart. So in this case, it is about, um, you know, sort of realizing that we cannot predict the future and we cannot make guarantees. So what someone might be trying to do is say, um, you know, okay, if Jordan, if we get Jordan, then we'll X, make X amount. Let's say, let's take that as an example. Um, well, guarantees are illusions anyway, right? And so why are we all trying to make them all the time regardless? Because it's a waste of our energy. If none of us were ever, ever hung up on making guarantees or trying to control the outcomes of things, then we'd be not only happier, but we'd also be more prepared for um, the way things are going to get done in the future. You know, the new world way of doing things, a new paradigm, which is not about grabbing life, but having much more of that open palm where you receive the universe's plan for you rather than your own plan, you know? Yes. That speaks to me very much and especially on the topic of what we were talking about before we started recording with this time off that I'm about to take mm. and people ask me frequently when, how long or do I have a plan or something. Mm -hmm. And of course, I want to have a plan and I want to know how long it's going to be because that's what we do. That's mm -hmm. what we're used to. That's part of the conditioning. Mm -hmm. But I'm trying to be so open with it and so free with it because... Like I was telling you, if I feel 
this crazy burst of inspiration mm. to share on social media, I want to be able to. Yeah. But if I'm absolutely loving and healing from being off of technology, I'm going to do that. Mm. So I'm just really opening myself up to the universe's plan for my time off, mm. which is hard. There's mm. a lot of deconditioning. Mm-hmm. I have had to do a lot of self-work and read a lot of books and mm. just come do a lot of meditating to mm. to come to that mm. because otherwise it's just scary. It's yeah. like you're walking away from your brand, your career, mm-hmm. your means of making money, mm-hmm. your community because mm-hmm. I connect and talk to these amazing people who yeah. are listening every day. So mm. walking away from all of that for a little while mm. is scary. Yeah. But I, I do believe I've deconditioned enough to do it in a way that I'm so excited to yeah. do it. And I'm sure you're going to inspire so many people as well because it takes a lot of courage to walk away from the knowns you know, and to step into the unknown. And that's, that's basically what this whole need to control the outcome is, is we're afraid of the unknown. And actually when you could say, oh, hold on a second. When I put all of my knowns aside, then I actually don't step into the unknown. I step into the, what the universe knows for me. And who wouldn't want that? Like who wouldn't want to give the reins over to a power that's much, much more creative than us to kind of just like lead our lives the way we want to. I mean, I've told you, you've inspired me as well to, you know, take more rest and everything. And I think loads of people, you know, especially through your journey this year, you've really been such an advocate for people taking care of themselves and honoring their own bodies and their own intuition of what they know is right, the medicine that they need, how that shows up, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I feel deeply that it's a part of my dharma being here to Mm. inspire others to do that, to listen Mm. to their intuition, Mm -hmm. to rest, to Mm -hmm. allow themselves to rest. Mm. I know I needed that type of message just a few short years ago, Mm. one year ago, like not that long ago. I needed it for a long time. Mm. So I know there's a lot of people who need it no matter what their human design is. Amen. But going back to the whole strategy thing, Mm -hmm. um, because I know last time I had you on, I was like so carried away with talking about reflectors. Mm -hmm. And so for the 1% of the population out there who got got to relate, that's exciting. Mm -hmm. But also some of the other strategies are so cool to learn about Mm -hmm. just from like my perspective of the people in my life. Mm -hmm all of the projectors in my life waiting for the invitation and that being their strategy Mm -hmm. makes so much sense. Yeah. My mom, like she's Mm -hmm. such a, she's not, she's not the type to be like the one making the plan, doing the inviting, Mm -hmm. that type of thing. But every time she just waits for the invitation and it shows up, Mm -hmm. life is perfect. Yeah. It's so important for projectors to, I mean, I know like when I first heard the projectors had to wait for an invitation, when, um, the shaman that did my human design told me about it, I first misinterpreted actually as, oh, well, does that mean I just have to sit around and do nothing all day? Because if I do nothing all day and I don't have control over like what I want to manifest, then I'm just going to sit around and life is going to forget about me. You know, just like sitting on your couch watching Netflix, like, And that's a really common misunderstanding that people have about this waiting for an invitation is it's not a passive, um, you know, you're not helpless in that process. 
it's actually so much about the fact that you're the way that you manifest success and become your higher self and really get to a place where you're so clear on your specific gifts that you have to share with the world, the things that you see as a projector. Um, and every projector has a different niche that they see so clearly. Um, the, the process as a projector is not going out into the world and telling people buy my thing or have a session with me, or I'm great at this, or I know what you should be doing. It's actually about instead of waiting, instead of needing other people to recognize them for that gift, it's about them recognizing it in themselves first. And so projectors often get hung up on wanting to be understood by people, wanting to feel recognized by people, um, always wanting to feel like they're right and not having other people validate that for them. But actually, if you're a projector and you just sit on your couch and you start to recognize yourself, then you go out into the world as a person that recognizes, knows that they know things. And that is the energy that creates invitations. So it's definitely not like a passive process of like, oh, does it just mean I'm doomed to, you know, have takeout and sit at home until someone sends me an email on Google, you know, like it's not, um, it's not like that. It's very much that the process is about recognizing yourself and really getting clear on whatever that niche is that you see as a projector. And it could be anything. It could be, you see the political system in a new way. You, it could be that you're efficient with technology. It could be that you're an expert in something. Um, you could be really good with people. You could be an intuitive. It could be so many things. It could be a Reiki master when you get very, very clear on what that niche is and own that you don't need to be anything else and that's your specialty, that's when the invitations come in and, you know, we'll just flood to you like crazy. Right. I mean, that makes all the sense in the world to me. I think you're such a, um, you're such a projector. Well, you are, you are a projector. What's the word I'm looking for? You're such a, this is my brain fog. This is my <laughs> dilemma with everything I'm going through with real mine. life. <laughs> yeah. Real life. Um, you're such a, I want to say like a poster child for projectors because you found your niche and you approach the world in a way where people want to invite you mm. to share human design with them. I feel like you're invited on every podcast, all sorts of conversations. You have so many clients, mm. personal clients, mm. but that's that's because you became really comfortable first mm. with yourself mm -hmm. and knowing who you are. Yeah. And that took years and years of me trying to be something else and then realizing that what I am doesn't validate me and I'm still worthy regardless. And so whatever my calling is, whatever my niche is, there isn't a cap on that because let's say, for example, if you realize that you're really good at teaching yoga, then you could have so many different uh, narratives that can come into your head like, oh, well, there's enough yoga teachers in this world, or I can only make X amount of money as a yoga teacher, or that only means that I'll ever be thought of as woo woo or whatever. Whereas you have no idea what could happen if you follow that niche. You know, you could come up with some new program that teaches teachers. You could be, you know, the go-to person in the corporate world. You could blend it with something else that's totally new. You could have your specific take on it. And that's the number one thing that stops people from leaning into what they feel their niche is, is they, they prejudge their niche. And this isn't for projectors, especially it's just anyone who, who figures out they're really good at whatever it is look at the reasons that come up that you come up against that tell you that that's not going to make you successful or good enough or make you enough money or bring you fame or whatever it is that you desire right because you just never know there's a reason why the universe is pointing you in that direction there's a reason why that thing comes to you so easy whereas other people would find it so difficult you know yeah 
you're so right with all the prejudging that goes on. And that's something I've been thinking about a lot. I've been reading Marianne Williamson's book, Return to Love. And she speaks so much about the Course in Miracles talking about we we really base our worth as a society off of what we do and Mm -hmm. being recognized for it and getting famous for something or Mm -hmm. writing the best book or whatever it, whatever it may Mm -hmm. be. But really all that matters is being a good person and who Mm -hmm. do we impact in our lives? Mm -hmm. Like that's what makes you a happy person is Mm -hmm. who are you impacting? Are you showing up to the world with good energy? Are you returning to love Mm -hmm. basically? So I think so much of us, including myself has gotten so wrapped up in how many people am I reaching and Mm. how important is this Mm. important quote unquote, like Mm. how, how big is this message going to get? Um, But it's a big message. If you're just changing one person's life, Mm. being in love. I mean, I've found so much more fulfillment and like finding my soulmate, my life partner. And like, I know, part of why we came to this earth, him and I were to be together. And so to make his life so enriched and my own because Mm -hmm. of just that otherworldly connection that we share is so much more fulfilling Mm -hmm. than um, becoming famous, quote unquote, or how many people am I reaching? Mm -hmm. And any success I've had with blogging and podcasting, etc is because that's not what I was trying for Mm. I was just wanting to connect and help people right and isn't that so beautiful that you know the universe gave you the vessel through which you could share and right now that's podcasting and blogging but your real intention what you really wanted to do was connect with people and so there could be probably maybe there can be 20 different iterations throughout your life of what that will look like, right? But it doesn't matter because your job, your role, as far as the universe is concerned, is to be a connector with people, right? Yeah. And so when you're doing that, who knows? It could look so different. Like you'll write, you know, you'll write a poetry bestseller or whatever that is. You'll download messages from plants and animals for all of us. Like whatever it is you end up doing. I feel that for you so strongly. Well, Um, the things, yeah, that you just mentioned, this is why you are so intuitive. You're so, you have such a connection to above because everything you say is exactly what I'm feeling like (laughs) for myself, like the poetry book thing, plants and animals. Yeah. I feel it so strongly. Mm. So, well, okay. I really want to talk to you about medical medium stuff, but before we move into that, I have a question Mm pressing question that has been on my mind because this book that I'm reading, the human design one, doesn't talk about manifesting generators. Yeah. And is that because they're a newer type or something? So um, a lot of people talk about, if you've ever read a statistic that says generators are 70% of the population, that is people who count generators and manifesting generators are still generators. Um, So there's a bit of a like chasm as to whether people just consider that all man gens are just generators, whether they're own whether they're their own type. So um, yes, there isn't a lot of talk about manifesting generators because often they get lumped in with being the same as generators. I really um, disagree with that because um, 
if you're a manifesting generator, you have a blend, you are a blend of manifestors and generators. And, um, everyone imagine it's like a sliding scale. So not every man gen is like 50, 50, some are like way more manifestor, some are way more generator, you know? So it's like, it's a real spectrum between what manifestors are and what generators are. And they have both. So, um, that is why that book doesn't talk about, um, manifesting generators. Ra, talked a lot about mangens in his, um, during his life, but the book was written, co-written with a woman, um, called Linda Bunnell, who's still alive, who was one of his protégés. And yeah, there was a bit of a erring on the side of lumping them that all in, makes which sense. I don't, which I don't like as much. Right. So. I, cause I was wondering, cause I'm, I've gotten so intrigued by the strategies mm. and what would the manifesting generator strategy be? So so all um, generators, everyone who has a generator does have to wait to respond. And that's because your sacral chakra, which is such an important decision-making factor in your uh, chart, um, basically you have to wait until that is excited to do something. So what I always tell um, generators and mangens, instead of this whole like the way the internet talks about human design or the way a lot of readers talk about human design is like, are you getting the uh-huh or the nah uh which I really don't like because I feel that's so two-dimensional. It's more about paying attention to whether you're having an, a, like an expansive response to something or you feel excited about something or you're feeling a contraction inside you. Like you're just not that kind of jazzed by something. So all manifesting generators ultimately have to wait until they are excited, feeling an expansive response or feeling a contractive response, just like generators would. However, some manifesting generators, and you can figure out whether you have strong manifesting energy inside of you if you're a man gen, by checking to see whether that sacral chakra connects directly to the throat via one of the lines. So for example, the 2034 links directly from the gut to the throat. So if those two are directly connected by lines, then you have more manifesting energy inside you, which means that you also, as well as having to listen to your gut, it also means that you have the power to initiate like manifestors do. So it means you can reach out, you can just make stuff happen out of the blue. You can, um, I don't know, like I know, uh, I personally have a successful manifesting generator in my life who, you know, she wants to make stuff happen. She just goes out and makes it happen. So if you have that energy inside of you, then you also can initiate. But ultimately when you're, when it comes to making big decisions about your life, you have to wait to respond. So it's both. You can initiate if you have this urge to do something you have, like, you just feel like it, you know, you're just overcome with like a need to just go do something. You can do it. It's spontaneous. It's fun. But when it comes to making big life decisions, you ultimately still always have to lean back on waiting for that gut to feel like it's excited. And the thing about manifesting generators, because they have both speeds inside them, they have that quick urge manifestory thing, but then they also have the generator thing. They often feel like they have to, let's say for example, you're really excited and you say yes to something straight away. And then it comes the next day and you're like, actually don't want to go. You always have to kind of align those two speeds inside you. You have to allow time to basically have the gut, like catch up with the urges. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So trying to commit to things too far in advance, trying to make plans, trying to uh, make decisions too far ahead. Um, those things are not good for manifesting generators because they are so multi-passionate and because the gut does take a little more time then the manifesting sort of energy of urges happen. Because the urges are the quickest out of all the types, right? The urges are like spontaneous in the moment. They happen right away. The gut is still on the scale pretty fast, but it's still slower than the manifestory part. So it's like managing two different 
speeds inside you as a manifesting generator. Yeah, that's really interesting. So the manifesting generator in my life that I'm thinking of Mm -hmm. is my best friend, Katie. And some people listening will remember her from my book. And we live together in New York. And she's been in my life since kindergarten. And this sounds a lot like her. Really? Yeah. Amazing. But she would be, I bet she's like probably a higher percentage manifester inside of Mm -hmm. her manifesting generator-ness because she... Oh, she could initiate, like she could do anything. I love that. And it works for her and she gets things she mm-hmm. gets things she wants when when she does it. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. That's it's like for me to see that, I like love it because I'm just so curious as to how that works for people. <laughs> I you know, because I'm so not allowed to do it. So I almost get FOMO of like, oh, you can just reach out to a magazine and say, I wanna let's do a piece together and it works. And I'm like, how does that, how do you do that? Is that a reflector thing too though? Because I feel I relate to that. So um, the thing about you is that you, you actually can also reach out to people because you are everyone. So sometimes you can be more like that. And other times you would need to wait for an invitation. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's very (laughs) hit or miss for me. It's like, I feel that I can get whatever I want. Mm -hmm. Like, I can say this on this podcast yeah. without sounding annoying because you guys get it. It's, mm-hmm. it's just, I feel that way yeah. so deeply. And it's because I feel so in alignment with what I want. And mm. so if I'm going to go after it, it's because it's supposed to happen. Yeah. Um, however, there have been things I've wanted so desperately mm-hmm. and they don't work. And wow. so it's very, very hit or miss. Mm. And it's, I, I really want people to hear this who are reflectors to understand this too, is that, this is the experience of being a reflector. You ultimately are everyone. Like, it's so fascinating that, you know, me, I could never feel like what it is to be a manjin, but you could, and you have. Right, because I was going to say, how do I relate to To everyone. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my God, I know. Um, Jillian, my other best friend projector, who's coming over in a little bit, um, she might also hop on the podcast because I really think it would be cool to answer some like projector questions Mm -hmm. from her. She makes fun of me to say like, you, <laughs> you can relate to everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, if we're talking to anybody, I'm like, oh yeah, I get it. I've been there mm-hmm. with anything to the point mm-hmm. where if you didn't know me, you would think I was just lying. Like mm-hmm. you can't possibly relate to that mm-hmm. and that. Mm-hmm. No, I can. Yeah. I mean, I can at least imagine how it would feel. Yeah. It's a it's lot of energy to take it. Yeah. No, it's fascinating. Yeah. And and it's not a weakness. It's actually your strength. It's like you know what it's like to literally be everyone. Like it's, I mean, I, most people can't even understand that. Like it's just a fascinating, must be a fascinating human experience. It is. It's nice to understand it better now. Otherwise it can be pretty overwhelming. Mm. You're just taking in everyone's feelings and mm. everyone's energy. Mm. Um, so... I want to, okay, I have like this list of things in my head I want to talk to you about. (laughs) One of them is non-energy beings, but Mm -hmm. we'll get back to that because medical medium Mm -hmm. is really working for you right now. Tell us all about it. Oh my gosh. And I'm convinced he's a projector, like convinced. Well, we need to find out. I know. It's really, it's really difficult because, um, you know, the birth time is so important. Even if you're 10 minutes off, you could be getting a totally different chart. Um, and so it's not like in astrology, if you put someone's birthday in, you can at least see where the sun was at that time and mm-hmm. you can see some planets, um, the further away ones for sure. But, you know, you still might get like the moon position wrong uh, in an, an astrological chart. 
So it's similar with human design. You cannot tell what might change if you get someone's birth time off just by, you know, let's say 10 minutes. Um, I'm convinced he's a projector and um, I believe him to be super talented. I think he's I think the celery juice thing is a game changer, like really, truly unbelievable. And you I, like the taste, which is crazy to yeah. me because I do not. Do I, you not? I wish I did. Really? I still drink it, mm. but I do not like the taste. Wow, that's so interesting. I find it like it's almost like sweet water. I don't know. It tastes like that to me, but that's good. I've had adrenal issues for um, a couple of years and I've been on every, I mean, I've seen everybody, I've been on every ailment, you know, every medication and natural remedies and everything, but nothing I feel has restored my adrenal function the way that the celery juice has to the point where I'm not taking anything else at the moment, which is kind of rad, like, or immediately just didn't even feel the need to, to do it. And then, um, and then just, it makes you like, it makes me anyway, crave cleaner, like, foods during the day too like if I have celery juice I don't feel like having a coffee later or I don't feel like having a sweet god knows what it just you just feel so clean and such a good way to start the day and then you just eat healthy the rest of the day it's fab I love it so so good yeah it is so you've been reading his liver detox yeah the new one that just came out yeah got it yet Uh, no I have the thyroid one wait when did the liver one come out like this week like oh it my came God. out on like tuesday or something yeah it's okay he releases books like a machine i know <laughs> because i thought the thyroid <laughs> one was brand new the one that i received in the mail like mm-hmm. a month ago i thought wow. that was the new one but that's i think that's the thyroid one. Oh my gosh in that, in that case, I would love him to be a projector just to show people of like, if you're using your energy properly and you're like really leaning into your energy type, you still can be super successful and still be productive yes, yes. and still get stuff done. Like it's so cool. Absolutely. Mm. Um, so when it comes to the different energy types and things like the medical medium diet, mm-hmm. do you think it would be beneficial for everybody or certain people more than other types? So um, I actually have on my website, I have a series of videos on the best way for each of the energy types to be eating, which we rolled out because people were asking me all the time, like, does this work well for me? Does this not work well for me? And the thing is, is that, for example, if you're a manifester, you don't want to be eating things that feel like an, an enforced diet. Whereas if you're a projector, actually, sometimes that structure and those, um, you know, that encouragement to eat super clean and light and snack very often can feel like relief to you. As a manifester, you, for example, have to wait and see if medical medium is actually something that you feel like you've got it. It's so easy to you. You've decided to do it rather than someone's told you to do it. So it's so interesting because it's actually so much less about what we eat and it's a, it's to do with the approach of how we choose what we eat. Because the truth is, is that all these 21 day fixes and these programs and these whatever, they're all helpful because it's an experience of what has worked well for someone else. So it can give us ideas of how to structure our own, but ultimately we still have to do that very unsexy work, which takes time of like, does this suit me? Does this fit well in my body? Do I like this? Does it make me feel good? Does it not? And no one really wants to tell us that these days. What you can do is if you use your energy type to basically let your own body decide what works for it or doesn't, then you never have to do one more diet, one more cleanse, one more anything in your entire life because you know there will be certain things that feel good to you and certain things that don't. However, there are generalizations that, you know, general things that do work, for example, manifesting generators, because they have 
a lot they have like the fastest metabolism out of all the types what doesn't work for them is any anything that there's like when there's a program that restricts portion size but things like a whole 30 or even a medical medium where you can eat as much as you want as long as it's like certain foods that works amazing for them because they're not supposed to be kind of like pre-figuring out their portions and things because that actually will prevent them from being more productive and helping them get things done. And they can eat more than what we're told we should be eating, especially as women, because they have the engine to burn it off, right? So um, it's important things like that. And then generators on the whole, you know, they, they um, I mean, I believe that everybody should be eating super clean anyway, you know, as clean as possible, sort of 80-20. But with generators, they should never, ever feel like they could cut out. You know, like I would never say to a generator, you're never going to eat your favorite, I don't know, fried thing ever, ever again, because that would work terrible for them. And just to feel like they can have that and it's really going to lift their gut response if they really are craving it in that moment and they satisfy that, then that food will actually help you get further in your life because you're basically aligning. You're saying to the universe, I'm doing what I'm craving and I'm only doing what I desire. And so that message to the universe is so powerful that it will spill into every area of your life. So if you're having a treat and feeling guilty about it as a generator and saying, but I shouldn't, and you're getting in the way with your brain and saying, oh, this is bad for me. This is bad for me. And that's a whole different thing. Then you're saying, you know what? I'm actually going to have this because it's going to make me so happy. And universe, I do things that make me happy because I listen to my gut and I do it when I want. Then that's so different. It's such a different experience. You could be eating the same thing at the same time, but it's the mental chatter that is either going to tell the universe, send that energetic communication to the universe that you're truly living your design or you're not. With generators though, they intellectualize it a lot like, oh, cheat days or my Sunday is the one time I have this every Sunday or whatever. Like any of that rigorous structure it's terrible for you because it needs to be about, do I viscerally want this in the moment? Do I, am I craving this? Does this sound good to me or does it not? And so anytime when there's frameworks and no foods and yes foods and that kind of stuff that wouldn't be so great for generators. And then projectors and reflectors, because they are non-energy beings, they have less of a buffer for unhealthy or unnatural foods than other types would. So um, they have to be a little more careful with like the caffeine, the alcohol, the processed foods. We can get away with less, put it that way. So, you know. That makes sense. <laughs> yes. I was telling you the last time I saw you, I'm such a coffee addict mm -hmm. and I go back and forth mm -hmm. and I go off of it Me for too. months at a time. Mm -hmm. And I've been drinking it lately, mm. which I like. I don't know. It's so weird listening to you talk about it because now I'm thinking how weird I relate to everything like <laughs> that you're saying. I, I relate to trying so much to not have too many rules because... Mm. I do like to send the message to the universe. Like, yes, I satisfy my cravings. Mm. I I do what I want mm. kind of thing. Um, but then again, my body is super sensitive. So mm. as clean as possible is good. Mm. I think coffee and stimulants are hard for me. Yeah, um, but I'm so clean mm. with everything else. No alcohol, no sugar, mm. just super pure from the earth vegan mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that I think coffee is like okay if that's going to be yeah, my one, one vice, vice it's okay it's so true and it's 
I feel like it's that one thing that is like a bad boyfriend. Like it's so hard to give up. I'll go through phases of being like, I'm never having, I used to think I'm never going to have it again and I've given up for good. And then you feel yourself like sucked back in. It's just right. So I like not having the rule Mm. because the rule, I was trying to like find all these things to replace it with. Like, Mm matcha which i do like mm-hmm. um mushroom coffee which i do like mm-hmm. but i was like adding all these things into this like morning elixir that was becoming like too much mm-hmm. and coffee like cold brew coffee yeah with just a little bit of almond milk and I some know. stevia it makes me happy so i just can't have too me much too. i know i was saying that to my friend dara the one I was telling you does the astrocartography and we were saying, you know, we're always, what if we just wrap our head around the fact that we're always going to go in and out of being in love or out of love with coffee. And why don't we just, instead of causing ourselves all this like mental thing of like, oh, what I need to give up soon or this isn't good or I'm being bad now or whatever. Why don't we just celebrate the times when we're in it as being like really fun and naughty and then the times when we're out of it, we like love the cleanness and both right. are good. Like, right. Okay, done. That's what I've been doing lately. Mm. And it's <laughs> so fun. Yeah. And I've had to tell Jonathan and my parents, like, do not give me a bad time mm. about coffee. Mm-hmm. Because when you do, it just makes it guilty for me or mm. like not fun. And it takes that whole enjoyment out of it. So yeah. I might as well not be having it. If totally. you come home and say like, wait, why is this coffee in the refrigerator? I know. My parents are the same. They're always like, you always go through a phase. Is it always in a phase? There's always a new thing. Right. Always, I'm like, yeah, and I wouldn't have it any other way. Like, why not experiment constantly and be in different, um, you know, uh, iterations of who you are and what you like. And it just feels fun to to constantly change things up. It's a great thing. Yeah, I think so too. I find my body, my body responds the best when there are no rules and... I mean, it doesn't feel like rules. It might sound like rules to other people the the way that I eat because it's Mm -hmm. so clean and it's Mm -hmm. vegan and it's all these other things. Those are not rules to me. It's just Mm -hmm. like, this is good because that's how I feel good. Mm -hmm. The only rules, yeah, the only time I have rules, I feel like everything backfires and Mm -hmm. I gain weight and I'm less happy and I feel Mm -hmm. restricted. Mm -hmm. That's not fun. Yeah, so not fun. And now that I guess that brings us full circle to manifestors because anytime they feel like a rule is like a fun rule, then they can easily adhere to it. And then when they feel like it's a hard rule for them to follow, that's like the worst thing for them. Um, but, you know, it's interesting because we, you know, on the one hand, we are our energy type, right? But on the other hand, we take in other people. We feel other people. We were conditioned by parents who are different energy types to us. So there is also so much of us that identifies with different types. Like I was telling you how so many people identify with being a reflector after our reading. And it's because, um, you know, there are things that are true for you as a human being that are true for everybody else. And also because you're a reflector, people see themselves in you. You're a representation of what your, where your community's at, right? So, the fact that, and we were talking about how your dharma is to like help people, encourage people to rest more and be their real self and embrace the spiritual things and to be with nature and all the things that you love to do. Um, you know, everyone that's listening to you and the reason why they've gravitated towards you is because you represent that side in them. And that's what reflectors do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I know. It's so interesting. So I love that when you told me that you get messages all the time all the from time. people who all say, I resonate more with Jordan's chart than my own <laughs> chart. So what are your other thoughts on that? I'm mm. so curious. So um, I think in general, yeah, one of it is is you kind of being a representation for your community because you become what what um, your community is as, as a reflector. Um but then also that in general, in the world right now, we are going into, we are shifting into a new paradigm where our approach to work and life specifically um, and that balance is is so different, right? And so you embodying the fact that we all need to rest more. I hate, for example, that people, some human design sources talk about generators as the worker bees of society because that's not what it's about. They're supposed to be doing what makes them happy. And when they do that, they create energy and that energy makes other people happy and excited and more productive and more inspired. And that's what generators are here to do, for example. So every type needs to rest more. Every type needs to be in touch and intuitive and feel their empathic nature and feel emotionally in tune and all those things that you're championing, um, you know, as a collective in terms of our human design, that's what we're actually needing to lean into more of. And so you're doing a great job as a reflector to basically embody that for us and show us the way. I love that. Well, that makes a lot of sense. And that's something I was describing to one of my friends the other day. As I said, I've been sharing wildly human design with everyone I know. I was explaining that just because projectors and reflectors are the types who are supposed to rest more and supposed to work less and we are more sensitive in many ways, doesn't mean that other people are not sensitive mm-hmm. and doesn't mean that other people have to drill themselves into the ground Mm -hmm. and also doesn't mean that other people have endless abundant energy. So the thing about non-energy beings, I think a lot of people seem to confuse it with, well, those of us then projectors and reflectors are not energetic people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's not true. Like I feel like when we are living in alignment, we can be the most energetic. Oh yeah. Reflectors, when they're living their design, it's wild what they can do because you have access to riding other people's waves and the waves of what's around us in the, you know, just in the energy of the world more than anyone. You can, you can, um, morph into that stuff more than anyone else can. Whereas people who are, um, what all the other types have their set energy that they have, right? It's this, this, this limit of what they can take in from the world because they have their own stuff going on because you don't have your own stuff going on. You can literally become the most or the least, um, energized or understanding or empathic or tapped in or psychic or any of those things, emotional, um, fearful or fearless. Um, you can morph into whatever you want. Um, but you're absolutely right. Even projectors, it's not that they're not supposed to be energized. It's just that they don't create energy. They tweak and mutate other people's energy or existing energy. Whereas manifestors, mangens and generators create energy when they are doing what they love. So that's the main difference between energy and non-energy types. And, you know, if you're a generator and you're, for some reason, whatever you've read about human design has made you feel not entitled to your dream career of where you'd work four hours a day, then that I would say, 
you know, screw that. Because if that's your dream job, if that's your dream job for a reason, that's your dream scenario for a reason, because the universe is trying to point you in that direction. So yeah, if you want to have full on 12 hour days, you know, being in a restaurant kitchen, great. But also if you just want to work from home and make a couple of investments while your kids go off to school, and then you have a couple free hours and they come home again, awesome too. You know, there are no, if you're using human design to make these strict rules or these dogmas, that's only making things worse. That's what we're trying to basically move away from, you know? So anytime that there's this, um, prescriptive solution that's been like handed to you of, you can only do this or be this, that isn't the goal of human design. And that isn't true human design to me. Yeah, that makes sense. I feel like true human design is just knowing ourselves so that we can be a happier person that has nothing to do with rules or trying to like slip into this specific label. Mm. It's just like Ayurveda. I had this amazing Ayurvedic author, Sahara Rose, on the oh, podcast yeah. last week. And I need to listen to that. I'm yeah, so fascinated she's by amazing. it. Mm. And I was saying the same thing about the way people use Ayurveda sometimes. Mm is like the Pitta Club, the Vata Mm -hmm. Club, Mm -hmm. the Kapha Club. Mm -hmm. And that's not what it is. It's more like using Ayurveda Mm -hmm. in an intuitive way to know, like we ride with the seasons and you could be born Vata, like you're probably totally Vata, just based off of like your body type and other things about you. Um, But that doesn't mean that you have to live like the vata rules it's not what it's about Mm, so true and as soon as you are using any of these things to um distinguish yourself from other people to create separation that's also very unspiritual right so where you're I don't know when you hear that you're a generator and then you, you know, feel like that's the best one to be or the worst one to be, or you think that generators are this way and projectors are this way and blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, the whole goal of this is to actually just fully accept what you are and your gifts and your inherent nature. And then to also fully celebrate what everyone else is too, and not seeing anyone as better or worse than the other thing. It's just, it's all beautiful, you know, and it's all wonderful. And the second we can accept that, that's when we can really move forward. Okay, just a brief interruption from this chat with Jenna to tell you about our second sponsor for today's episode, Lumino. So you guys have probably seen me posting about Lumino on Instagram because when I discover a brand that's really working for me, something non-toxic that has changed my life, I, of course, want to share it with you guys. So Lumino from Oral Essentials is a non-toxic oral care brand, meaning they have mouthwash, they have whitening strips, they have toothpaste, and all of it is completely non-toxic and made with completely natural ingredients safe for sensitive mouths and sensitive people like myself. They've been featured by Vogue and Pop Sugar and all over the place. They were founded by this amazing dentist in Beverly Hills, who I'm actually going to see after the new year when I'm feeling better. And I'm so excited to have a teeth cleaning with him and get to meet him because he learned after 30 years of practicing dentistry that he was so fed up with products 
that were the only products out there that he could recommend to people. So that's why he decided to create a product that would be safe and effective and great tasting at the same time. Because as you know, and I've been trying to do natural, non-toxic, organic oral care for like 10 years. And a lot of it doesn't work. I remember being in college and my friend Jordan, who just got married a couple days ago, telling me, uh, just so you know, your organic toothpaste is not really working. AKA, who's trying to tell me that I had bad breath. And <laughs> that's what good friends are for, to be honest. So anyway, um, Lumino, they have all sorts of things. I personally love their teeth whitening strips. They're made with natural coconut oil and lemon peel oil and sage oil and everything about their product is also cruelty-free. So we are going to be giving away three different boxes of whitening strips to three different winners. So to enter this giveaway, go ahead and follow Oral Essentials on Instagram. That's oral underscore essentials. And then send in a rating and review of this podcast to iTunes and email me all of the above to jordan at thebalancedblonde.com. And I will choose three winners. So you have a pretty high chance of winning because I'm choosing three different winners. And it's kind of a lot of things you have to do. Not a lot, but you have to go to a couple different apps to enter. So if you enter, you'll have a good chance of winning. And definitely check out Oral Essentials. Go to oralessentials.com. Use the code BLONDE for 15% off and order away non-toxic oral care. Enjoy. No, it's so true because everyone's chart is so individualized. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My um, One of my friends who's a generator, mm-hmm. when I told her that she was a generator, she was disappointed because mm-hmm. she's like, oh my God, it, that's what everybody is. Like yeah. that's the highest percentage. I yeah. want it to be something more special. I know. And I told her, you're so lucky because to me, it seems the world is made for generators and you guys have a lot of opportunities to do really, really well being humans in this world mm. where being a reflector in many ways mm. is very hard it's to marginalizing. be a human. Yeah. Very hard. Mm. This is what my fiance tells me every day. Like <laughs> you, it's so hard for you to be a human. Mm. And it's been really nice to know that about myself mm. and accept that and just, mm. it's something we joke about, but it's also true. Because, I mean, my body is sick. Like, Mm -hmm. uh, I have hives from head to toe. There's a lot of foods I can't eat. There's Mm -hmm. a lot of events I can't go to. Mm -hmm. Because they would wipe me out. Mm -hmm. Um, Learning to embrace that and Mm -hmm. use that as a superpower. Mm -hmm. And to know, like, that fuels me to Mm -hmm. do what what I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have to compare myself to people who clearly thriving. were, yeah. were um, here to, you know, do mm-hmm. something very different than mm-hmm. me. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, it's such, it's the healing medicine that we all need is to say, we don't have to be the same. There is a premise now of if you and I agree on something, or if we have something in common, or if we're the same, or if we even in the negative way, if we gossip about the same people, if we hate the same thing, then that means that's like a basis for us to be friends, right? Or that means that we we should be, we tend to, we tend to like each other then, right? 
But we want to get to a place where we can disagree on things. And I like you just as much as I like someone that I agree with. Right. And it's all about just someone's energy. And, you know, with, for example, generators, you can have a generator that has all nine of their centers filled in, or you can have a generator that has two centers filled in. And if you are a generator that has two centers filled in, yeah, you might have, I don't know, you might, you and this generator might have the same profile or incarnation cross or, um, similar gates that are lit up. So you could have more in common. Like I could have more in common with a manifester than I could have a different projector. That's nothing like me. Right. So assuming that there's this commonality between, I mean, projectors are 17% of the population. So what's 17% of 7 billion? It's like, of course we're not all the same. Right. Um, and it just comes back to that acceptance of like, oh, once you totally accept yourself, you truly can just enjoy everyone else for who they are. And that's such an amazing thing. It's such a beautiful thread to introduce into your life of like every human being is so cool and fascinating and different and how do they work so differently than me and actually being more interested in the differences rather than the similarities at some point that's when it starts to really turn around your experience of other human beings I think yeah I think so too it's yeah it's so amazing so I know when you look at someone's chart you it opens up psychic abilities for you and you start to see so much more beyond the chart which Mm. is so cool Mm. So do you ever feel that when you're about to read someone, do you ever kind of like guess what they're going to be beforehand and then you're right? Um, You know, and this sounds really funny, but I'm not great at guessing. And I know so many people in my life that are much better, like Dara, who I was telling you about, is amazing at guessing. Lacey Phillips is amazing at guessing. There's so many people that are really good at guessing. And I was always like kind of getting FOMO in the beginning of like, why can't I guess? Why am I not good? But I think it's because... I think it's because the universe literally blocks me from going there academically because it's I'm not supposed to be going in there with like my own mind, you know, like I'm not supposed to be using my kind of like knowledge of it or my whatever. I think it's literally when I, it's only when I look at the chart that it opens up for me. So I don't, I think it's probably not beneficial for me to go in with any preconceived guesses or ideas or notions or whatever, but. That um, makes sense. Yeah. So your intuition really opens up when you're looking at the chart. Yeah. Which is the important time mm-hmm. as a chart reader. Mm-hmm. I asked because I, I know I told you this, but when I was looking at my dad's chart and I had spent oh, yes. all these months thinking my dad was probably something really different from me. Um, he's like a, a workhorse. Like that's his that's his happy place in life. Like work, 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 work. Mm-hmm. Um I didn't think he'd be a reflector. And so I'm like typing in his birth time. We finally had his birth certificate. I've known about human design now for months and months and months. And as I'm hitting submit, I get this like rush from the universe. I can't even describe it. It just like hit me like a ton of bricks right before I pressed send. He's a reflector. And it gave me like full body chills and basically made me cry and then I pressed it and he was a reflector and then I really was freaking out because not only was he a reflector and this is so shocking to me but it was like I was rushed with all this information about him that really told me so much about myself and about like our relationship and He's a reflector. It's insane. Mm -hmm. You really feel, you really just, um, I don't know. It's like things just flood your body. Like, 
Yeah, it's really fascinating because you're so open, right? So truth and knowledge just comes in. And, right. um, you know, I would love you to meet is um, this girl, Rohana, who is, um, she channels like Arcturians and Pleiadians and they all talk to her and all this kind of stuff. Because I feel like, I feel like that would come so easy to you and just to meet someone else that does it and see how she does it. Like you would absolutely love her as well. She's so beyond gifted and talented. I would love to meet her. Does she live here? It's so fascinating. Or no, she lives else. in New York, but I'm sure she's here oh, or you're yeah, there. Oh yeah, and we whatever. can talk. It's like absolutely fascinating. I want to meet her. So you, you don't know this about me, but for a while I was channeling Pleiadians and it was the beginning no of way. my spiritual journey. <laughs> yeah. Um, That's and I always say now, like, where did the aliens go? Because I haven't spoken with them, as far as I know, in a while. It's wow. been probably like a year mm, last summer. So like close to a year, over a year, a year and a quarter. Um, but for a while, they were taking me on some pretty wild journeys and so wild in fact that I was getting sick and then I did get really sick and like I've been sick now for um, exactly that amount of time no. with Lyme and um, they weren't trying to make me sick they were like opening me up and my spirit I feel elevated so quickly in my physical body mm. didn't know what to do wow and I definitely relate so much more to being a Pleiadian wow. than I do to being a human. And that's like where wow. the whole joke comes from is like, oh, huh. I'm so not human. This mm. is so hard for me. But the Pleiadians have such beautiful, beautiful messages for all of us. Mm. And um, my friend Nicola, who you'll have to meet, if you ever go to Ojai or next time you're here, we should actually plan a trip to Ojai. Oh, I'm so dying fun. to go. Let, we should go in February. No, um, I keep unscrewing my microphone. Uh -huh. um, Nicola introduced me to the Pleiadians and wow. basically I've known her for several years. She has a similar story to you where she had like an almond milk company and she was doing something really different mm -hmm. before she became a oh, shaman and started. Oh, she's a shaman. This, yeah, spiritual path. Wow. And um, she reached out to me and said like, well, we barely knew each other. We hadn't seen each other in years. But she said, come do a session with me if you're ever in Ojai, blah, blah. And it turned out I was going to Ojai the following week. And I wow. thought she knew that, but she didn't know that. Wow. And um, the Pleiadians had been whispering my name to her for a while. And she has direct access to them because she was given like the keys to speak to the Pleiadians by these like old school shamans. Wow. Um, I think they're like Mayan, maybe um, older men who got these messages from the Pleiadians that women, um, Western women are now supposed to be talking to the Pleiadians. And wow. so they like gifted her this access wow. and she speaks with them all the time. How interesting. And then they were trying to speak to me through her and then speak to me just to me. Mm -hmm. And it's been a long time. Wow. So I'm just huh. going to throw it out there and this is on recording. Yeah. Um, I'm open to you guys coming back. Mm -hmm. Pleiadians. I love it. Um, and maybe they have. 
I don't know half the time who I'm channeling mm-hmm. when I'm writing poetry and journaling. Yeah. Who knows? Then from and from this planet, the all the plants and the animals and maybe the spirit guides and the ghosts and the angels and the entities, but then from other dimensions too, like exactly bring it on on. (laughs) i want to talk to everybody this is why i'm taking time off of social media Mm -hmm. you can't be like yeah on instagram Mm -hmm. in this one dimension yeah responding to all these amazing questions and comments Mm -hmm. and everything and expecting to channel yeah aliens it's you so have true. to kind of like pick, pick and lane. choose different times in your life yeah and you know what's so interesting is that um you know when it comes to making anything you want happen in this life it's so much about you know our society places so much emphasis on okay how do, how are you going to get there or you need to figure out what you're going to do or you need to start doing a bunch of action in that direction but actually it's so much more about cleaning up all the things that you're not supposed to be doing that are basically clogging your energy, you know, clogging the energetic space for the universe to send you what you want. If you think about everything that you desire is already circling your aura. So it's three feet around you. All you need to do is clear out some of the junk that isn't really matching anymore. So yeah, spend less time on Instagram or don't keep going to that thing that happens every Friday night that you don't like. Or we think that it's so, we compartmentalize so much. We go, this is my work life. This is my relationship. This is my da 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 But if you're small in your relationship, it could stop your dream job from coming in. Or if you're scrolling on Instagram just to numb out, you're basically sending a message to the universe that you're not ready to be as awake or aware or your next level. Um, and so then it's not going to send you whatever is a match to you being awake and aware, right? So, um, you know, even I have to catch myself when I'm on Instagram, I'm like, am I doing this because it's making me happy? Because it could be that or because it's informing me, it's teaching me, it's whatever. But then you always kind of know when it gets into that, like, you know, 12 to 20 minute mark, I'm just making this up where you start like, I don't know, searching things that have nothing to do with you. And you're like, hold on, why do I feel worse about myself now? Exactly. Than I used to, you know. That was me last night. And it was such, sometimes it's such an addiction. It's a vortex, yeah. Like Jonathan's been out of town all week. So I go to bed and well, it's nice. Like, I mean, I love having him here, obviously, Mm -hmm. but it's nice to have a few days where I just do whatever I want before I go to bed. I can be like praying out loud. I can be, and I'm Mm -hmm. not religious by the way, but like praying to to whatever is out there (laughs) Uh, or reading or watching a movie. Like it's really nice to just Mm -hmm. be me and Mm -hmm. Hudson in bed. Mm -hmm. Um, Last night, like I couldn't get off of Instagram Mm -hmm. and it was definitely like a really like addictive moment because yeah. it wasn't making me happy and it wasn't for inspiration mm-hmm. and it wasn't for information. It was yeah. purely like obsession. Like yeah. I couldn't put it down. Yeah. I was like, oh, I'll just respond to one more message. Oh, now let me see what this person was doing. Like yeah. this is getting late. And then yeah. I was up all night with insomnia and I know mm. It doesn't help to mm-hmm. be on social media right yeah. before bed. So I'm really so looking true. forward to my break. I know. It's going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. You're going to literally manifest so much. Like I feel like every year for two weeks, I turn mine off between Christmas and New Year. Those that those two weeks. And I already, I mean, so much happens to me just because I have empty brain space. So I'm saying to the universe, I'm open and available right. for you to send me interesting downloads to make me be in tune, tapped in. I mean, it's so hard to maintain, uh, you know, Aside from that, but it is. 
I did that over the weekend in Sacramento. I took like four or five days off and I went home last weekend to Northern California Uh and I did get so many messages and I channeled this like friend of, well, basically my dad's best friend's brother who passed away uh, last year. I wasn't thinking of him. I barely knew him, met him maybe once. Um, he came rushing into my brain. Oh he my had God. millions of messages for his family. And I told them about it and they're really open and they're amazing. Um, Sherry and Craig, I hope you're listening. They're wow. the best. And it turns out it was pretty much exactly what they needed to hear. Wow. And I, I almost didn't even tell them about it because mm. I'm just getting used to channeling. I mm. wasn't. I wasn't aware that like oh, these chills. messages, that these messages were healing for them. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there were issues that needed healing. I had no idea about any of that. Wow. But I started telling my mom and she was like, oh my God, you have to tell them because they have so many questions. Wow. Because he really died suddenly. Wow. So I just said like, this is what he said. Wow. Take it or leave it. And they were both like sobbing and this was not what I thought was going to happen. And I don't think that would have happened. It was like, all right, deleted Instagram from Mm. my phone. One hour later, this spirit is like, all right, Jordan, here's Mm. the message. Pass it on. That's amazing. Yeah. I wonder how that looks then in like, you know, obviously taking these breaks and stuff is so, so nice. And then I wonder if like, yeah, I guess sometimes in in like normal life when you do have it on, like I guess I'm just better at looking at it sometimes and staying away from it and others. Like it just, it's a constant practice when it is a part of your life, unless you're really just totally, you know, deleting it. It's a constant thing of like, I was on it too much yesterday and now I've got to practice. I've got to like, you know, um, flex that muscle of just becoming better at not checking it or not, um, you know, being as addicted to it. Yeah, I'm totally with you. I think there is definitely a happy medium. And Mm. when I put it back on my phone, which I wasn't really like excited about, which Mm. is why I know this break will be so great. Um, But I put it back on my phone because I had something to do for work since like social media and blogging is my work. Mm. Um, I felt like I had really healthy boundaries with it for a couple of days. And I thought, oh, this is easy. This is great. I'm mm-hmm. not used to checking it all the time. I don't need to be watching everyone's stories. I don't want to watch mm-hmm. everyone's stories. Mm-hmm. There's a couple people who really inspire me, mm-hmm. like you and other friends of mine and people who I can't wait to watch their stories. And that's yeah. fun. But then like I'm looking at all this stuff that doesn't apply mm-hmm. to me. And it's mm-hmm. just, it's a lot of information. Yeah. Um, but all it took was like three or four days and those healthy boundaries yeah. were pretty much dissipated. So, so I know if I was dedicated to those boundaries, social media could be easier mm. and less draining mm. and more fun. Right. But because it's work too. It's hard. It's mm-hmm. much, much harder for you. I think if you're not, if your work isn't social media, it's probably easier because like you could do... I had this chat with my boyfriend over the summer because I was like, you're just, um, I basically said to him, I was like, you know, we just need to make sure that, you know, when you first get together with someone, you do all that work to like connect and get to know each other and you love to chat and all this stuff. And I just said, you know, I think that we need to kind of 
have that constantly throughout a whole relationship because we're always getting, you're always getting to know someone, right? There's always different facets of people that change and evolve and new things you discover about someone. So I was like, let's try and figure out a way to really like still make the connecting time happen. Like it's so important because otherwise you get lazy and then you know you both come home from work and you're both kind of, you know, tired and da da da. And so he came up with this great, great idea where he now has, um, I want to say it's like some kind of app that like puts Instagram on a timer or something and you're only allowed to look at it for half an hour a day. And then when the half an hour runs out, like you can't look. Oh like, yeah. You can't There's look definitely at it. apps like that where they block certain yeah. other apps. I'm probably going to do that. Um, so clever. I, it's so smart. Yeah. And I haven't used it yet because I'm kind of uh tech challenged regardless of my job <laughs> but i know that there's the new feature where you can see how much screen time you've spent every wow. day on the iphone wow um and it's pretty scary yeah i can imagine mm-hmm. it would probably add up to something that i don't even want to know right the number because you just get used to okay well, i'm i'm in a cab so i'll look at my instagram or i'm i'm not i'm in line somewhere or whatever and then you you turn it off and you're like oh hold on a second though like if I'm in line, then this is like really useful time because I can kind of feel what's happening in the person in front of me or I can get some clarity on this issue that's been plaguing me or I can see my old stuff. And I really do think that um, in Kabbalah, they teach that um, Satan or the devil or whatever you want to call it is not necessarily an outside thing. It's just that there's there's that, it's that part of us that wants to sabotage us. And now more than ever, because we're getting closer to the light, we have all these more, like these things that challenge us and numb us and keep us from doing the work more. And so that is one of the ways that it comes in. It's like, if you keep people distracted and numb and, um, you know, addicted to the wrong things, then we're never going to do the work and rise up. Right. So yeah. Okay. Maybe I'm not having, you know, a bottle of wine a night, but my Instagram is definitely, you know, no one is immune from that challenge, you know? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's so true. And that makes a lot of sense to me. And it's just like return to love the book that I'm reading, which is like everything that makes us unhappy. We really believe it's outside of ourselves, but it's all within ourselves. We're not going to change what's, we're not going to change what it is that's bothering us necessarily. We don't really have that control. Mm. All we can control is how we approach it and how we think about it. And okay. I've kind of done that lately. Wow. I'm not the most tolerant person. I have a lot of things that really bug me. Like I'm, I'm a pretty, um, I don't know how to put it. I've never been a tolerant person. Like if something starts to bother me, it's mm. like, oh my God, like it becomes an obsession and it drives me crazy. And that doesn't hurt anyone but me. Um, So for the last like month or so, I really put this into practice of just changing the way I look at it and returning to love. So this book has changed my life because just the approach of Mm. like you were saying with Kabbalah, like Mm. anything that could harm us or change the way we look at something or keep us from the light is within us. Yeah, so true. And the outside world is just a hologram that's basically trying to point us towards what we need to look at inside. Yeah. It's just, it's just tools that the universe is using. How do I even know that you're real, that you exist? How do I even know that this table is real? Like I don't, there's no way of proving that. And 
it's almost like we have to become a bit more selfish in the right way where it's like we have to constantly think about, okay, it's not about this problem outside of me. It's not about this thing outside of me that I'm feeling so justified or so right about or so wronged by or whatever. But it's about how is this the perfectly crafted scenario to show me what I think I am not, but maybe I am or parts of me that I want to change and heal. And it becomes a fun experiment after a while. You're just like, let me see how much better I can make myself. Yeah. Yeah. And then we really do all start radiating such better energy and that's contagious. Yeah. And I think, you know, you're, I think it's very evolved to say that you're intolerant because I think the only way that we can not progress if we go oh I'm so tolerant or I'm never I'm not that kind of person that's intolerant or I'm just a person that always feels tolerant any of these stories that we tell ourselves about how we're either a tolerant or an intolerant person whereas actually we're both both we're all both you know and to see and to call ourselves out and recognize the time the areas where we are and the areas where we're not and that's what when you start from that place of like really fully recognizing yeah sometimes I'm jealous sometimes I'm envious sometimes I'm pissed sometimes I'm bitter sometimes I'm but also sometimes I can be love and I can be, and both are real, right? right? Then we can work with that. That's a starting place. Like, yeah. Let's get to work then. No, totally. Know? No, recognizing that part of myself, I already feel so much detachment from it. Like, mm. I mean, I've known that about myself for a long time. Like I just, I don't know. I place a lot of trust in people. And then if that trust gets stomped on or something, like it, I say I'm intolerant, but really I'm just sensitive. And then I start to notice things and mm-hmm. I'm extremely observant to a fault. Um, I wish I wasn't so observant sometimes because I just see, I feel that I see everything and then, mm-hmm. and then I have to like deal with what I see. Yeah. Um, but I feel like just in the last couple months alone, I've moved forward from that so much and mm-hmm part of it is being so sick. And I think when you are really sick, like it's the biggest gift because nothing is as important as you thought it was Mm. like, Oh wow. None of that matters. Well, now I can't get out of bed and like health is the only thing that matters Mm. and love is the only thing that matters. And, um, yeah, I don't know. And then just a lot of other like personal work and just seeing like, I don't want to feel that way anymore. I don't want to feel annoyed by people. I don't want to feel that people are taking my energy. Mm-hmm. Like all these things that I felt, I had all these boundaries because I felt like ever since I became the balanced blonde and I had this platform, I felt like I don't ever know if someone just wants to be my friend or if they want to take something from me or mm-hmm. if they want to use me. And mm-hmm. it happened a lot. Um, wow. It happens to everyone, I'm sure, but it really happened a lot. And then I was the only person who had to deal with like feeling this frustration toward mm. um, most people, mm-hmm. a lot of people and never like wow. really knowing people's intentions. Mm-hmm. And at a certain point, I just realized like being so sick and all of this, like I don't want to move forward feeling that way anymore. And wow. I'm just going to let it go. And I'm just going to send love into everybody and just like approach every situation with love and if they are having the intentions of using me or whatever else like I have compassion for them and I'm sorry because maybe they're not so happy yeah and it's not my 
It's not my problem. Mm. It's not my issue to feel like I'm being taken from because I'm really not. Mm -hmm. And it's not our responsibility to manage how other people's life experience right right that becomes like a whole thing in itself like oh my gosh to try to control the way other people are acting towards you that's stressful overwhelming and also never gonna happen like right as much as you try well never gonna happen so you're just yeah swimming against the current as you say yeah and and what's really fascinating i think uh, all the um i don't necessarily want to call them rock bottoms but all the challenging points that we all go through in our lives it's like I notice the reason why I'm so afraid of them when I feel them or when I'm in them is because I feel like, oh, that makes me alone in this. Like that means that I'm, you know, or I'm, I'm out of, you know, um, doing what everyone else is doing, or I'm, you know, you feel marginalized, you feel alone, you feel like no one's going through what you're going through. It's very like, it can be alienating, right. To go through these like dark times. But I think what's really fascinating is that that's the great ruse is that no one's with you because we're all here to feel this full spectrum of human emotion. We're all here to feel anger and loneliness and sadness and happiness. And all those things are like, none is better than the other. They're all just here to show us like what life is and how these emotions are different cues to basically help us find our path. Right. That's so true. Yeah. I couldn't agree with that more because we fear so much what we, it's the unknown that you're talking Mm. about. So Mm. we fear the unknown of, of being alone Mm. in those rock bottom moments. And I have definitely hit my rock bottom being so sick and re-questioning my whole entire business and like taking a step away from it all. And it so far has been a really good thing. Mm. I mean, it's been hard every single day because it is rock bottom Mm -hmm. for sure. But I'm embracing it and I know it will lead me on a good good path. Yeah. And I really hope that that's the takeaway that people, you know, like I almost wish that my younger self had heard you say that because I think the fear of questioning things in your life is a thing that keeps us stuck. And if you know that you're worthy and that questioning anything and everything is never a bad thing and it's only going to lead you to better things. Like I just wish that my 20 year old self had heard you just say that. Oh yeah. I mean, me too. Like it's something when we're younger that's very hard to accept and we just don't believe it. We simply Mm -hmm. can't because we think we know better and like Mm -hmm. we don't have to go through that, Mm -hmm. but we all do. It's part of the human experience. Mm. And also the questioning, oh, what if I find something bad there? Or what if the answer is not good? Or what if the answer is not what I want it to be? Yeah, what if? Like, what just if? be open to it. Yeah. That's how I feel. Like, I was at first thinking, like, I'm going to take this break, but I am not going to let this break lead me away from my brand because I have worked so hard to build it and it's important to me and it's like my identity. And then I realized if I'm going to take this break, I have to let it lead me wherever it wants to remember the universe wants it to and yeah but I know I know I'll come back to my brand I just don't know in what way yeah and it will probably look so much better when you do yeah I think so it's so funny you're paralleling with someone who's very very close to me in my life who um is married and questioning her marriage and they haven't even been married for that long and she 
was like, oh, we're going to take a break though. And we're going to see what happens. And we're going to, and now it's coming close to Christmas, right? So they had all these plans and they were going to move in together next month. So there's these like arbitrary Uh deadlines, you know, basically that you have to kind of know things by. And so she was basically like, you know, do it very tempted to basically do a break like, oh, but we'll still speak every day and we'll still like move our stuff in, but we'll just live separately. But like all our things will be there and like, you know, still we won't do anything about Christmas and whatever. And she got to a place where kind of where you at of like, no, no, I need to literally face the idea of not being married or the idea of not being the me that I am now in order to really reassess. Like you can't just have sometimes one foot in and one foot out. You really need to like do what you're doing, which is fully surrender everything to the universe with that faith and trust that it's only going to give you back what is true and right and good and even better things. Yeah, but it is scary. It's very much the unknown. And I was so resistant to it at first, just thinking like, if I take this break, how terrifying, because what Mm -hmm. if I'm not a blogger anymore? What if like, that's just not the path anymore. Mm -hmm. And now I'm just excited because I think in life, we just have to be comfortable pivoting. And mm. that's something I've gotten really comfortable with, the pivot. And mm. any successful business person will say too that like you have to be comfortable pivoting. Mm. And it's just silly to think that we might be on the same exact path forever. Yeah. So now I'm just excited. Yeah. And that's the fun of it. Like the when we can get to a place where the unknown is fun, Mm -hmm. then we're much more aligned with the soul because the soul didn't come here to have its whole life mapped out for it. The soul came here to be surprised and delighted and tickled by what might come at every corner. So like, that's what we need to get back to. Exactly. I know. So now I think Jillian's here and I'm going to have her come inside and ask some projector questions. Amazing. Okay, one more brief interruption to thank our third sponsor for today's episode, Silver Fern. So if you haven't listened to my episode with Charity Lighten yet, she is the chief nutritionist and one of the co-founders of Silver Fern, then you definitely should because you will learn all about probiotics, digestive enzymes, and amazing multivitamins. So Silver Fern is my favorite for many reasons, one of which is that I have had notoriously sensitive issues with my gut for many, many years. And one of the only things I've ever found that truly helps is a really good probiotic and taking that twice a day. But the issue with so many different probiotics on the market is that by the time they arrive to you, they're dead. They are not potent anymore and they don't actually work or do anything. So people are spending all this money on probiotics and not noticing a difference in their gut health at all. So that's because a lot of different probiotics are not DNA verified and they don't have 100% survivability the way that Silver Fern does, which is because They're pharmaceutical grade, they're clinically proven, completely superior quality, not to mention they're non-GMO, they have nothing artificial at all, and they're completely natural. Another reason why I absolutely love them is because the people behind the company are so kind and so genuine. And if you listen to my episode with Charity, then you will completely understand what I'm talking about. She's a beam of energy and she just wants to share good health and wellness with the world in a balanced way. 
So there's so many different things that you can learn about Silver Fern. Head to their website, silverfernbrand.com to learn all about them, learn all about healing the gut. And you will see that they also have amazing plant-based protein powders. I use the chocolate plant-based vegan protein all the time. They have a bunch of deals where you can buy things in bulk and they have a special offer for our Soul on Fire listeners to use the code BLONDE at checkout to receive a nice big discount on all things Silver Fern. So head to their website, check them out, support them. They have tons of education on there about probiotics. Use that code BLONDE. And let's head back into this episode with Jenna and Jillian. On the fence, if he wants to jump in or not. Of course he is. So Jillian's here and she is one of the main projectors in my life. But we recently realized everyone in our life is a projector. My mom, you, Jordan, Laura, many of our close friends. It's really crazy. So... We've noticed all these like patterns with projectors and crazy things. So if you have any pressing questions, we have the person here with the answers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, Jordan, I think showed me that I was a projector, told me about it a couple months ago. And then she started talking about you mm-hmm. all the time. So I followed you and I was like loving all of the stuff that you were posting. And so then I like re-went in and like kind of did the, my body graph or uh-huh to just like read more about it. And there's not a ton out there. So I'm like very rudimentary on what I know. Mm -hmm. Um, Perfect. That's what what people will want to hear. Like, it's great that you're like, you'll be a voice for what people want to know. Yeah. I, um, I just thought, first of all, it was super interesting that we have so many projectors in our lives. And I was wondering if like certain types tend to like, you know, become a magnet for each other Mm -hmm. over others. Um, well, we were talking about how earlier it's almost like the soul chooses what it's going to need in terms of the different energy. Um, cause obviously every energy type has what your energy type really is, is the way that you exchange energy with the world around you. That's right. all your energy type is. And so, um, for you, if you've gravitated more towards projectors, that's because you need that kind of energy around for your soul to basically, you know, heal what karma it comes to correct to become the person you're meant to become. Yeah. It's not necessarily always that you as a projector would always choose other projectors. Yeah. Um, if for example, like my family, we're all projectors in my family. It's crazy. Oh, really? But then my mom is a generator and um, she's like, always just constantly exhausted because she's like powering all of us up. She's the only one that's like dynamic and whatever. Um, But then all her best friends are generators. So we're, I'm like convinced that she's chosen her generated friend, her generator friends are gravitated towards other people that are just as sort of sparkly and juicy and magnetic as her, because obviously in her family, she's got like three projectors and a manifesto, which are all open sacral um, beings. You know, she's the only one that's kind of more strong and hardy. Um, That's so it's just like we choose different groups for different reasons to give us the doses that we need but it is pretty common what I have found is that non-energy beings do tend to gravitate towards them because they're each other because there is a bit of an understanding of we work differently in the world we don't have the same, um, you know, way that we move energy in terms of the way society tells us we're going to make a success out of life, for example, is not by kind of going out there and like doing our thing necessarily. Making it happen um, or that yeah, kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, um, I loved the wait for the invitation kind of strategy for the projector because I feel like I've 
subconsciously been doing that my whole life. And I really resist when people try to like push me to like, I don't know, reach out to someone and like kind of make it happen or whatever. Mm -hmm. It just feels so uncomfortable for me. Mm -hmm. That was one of the main things where I was like, oh my God, this is so on point because I've done that my whole life pretty much unless I was like very coerced. (laughs) Yeah. It's, I mean, you're really lucky because I was certainly so conditioned to feel like I had to like make stuff happen myself and I had to go out there and I had to reach out to these people. And if I wanted to get, when I had a product business, like I had to reach out to that store and tell them I wanted to, you know, blah, blah, blah. And it just never worked for me. Like I never, ever got anywhere with it. So the fact that you're already like tuned in with it is like a huge, like, you know, you've never been conditioned to so far into not being that way is already like a huge help for you in terms of the way that you're going to like, you know, the way that you manifest what you want in this world, you know? Yeah. Well, I have a couple of questions actually based off what you just said. So I actually grew up in a house with, I just recently learned, um, two manifesting generators and a generator. Mm -hmm. So I was the only projector. Mm -hmm. And so kind of the opposite of what you grew up with. And Mm -hmm. I was wondering if, I don't know, there's anything that like you've seen or something to be aware of. Like if you, I'm guessing I surround myself with a lot of projectors Mm -hmm. because I have my fill kind of of generators. Mm -hmm. Probably something to be aware of or like Mm -hmm. to know if you kind of have that family dynamic. Yeah. Um, So uh, it's funny. It's the second time this week I'm talking about this. So with (laughs) a projector um, in a family like that, the the thing about being a projector is that you have, um, you really see into the other really clearly, right? So projectors, because they um, have the the build that they have, you really understand like how things could be made better. Every projector basically sees a tweak, an efficiency gain, a system, anything exactly. Yeah. So what they do is instead of create energy, they mutate energy. And so for you, it's very easy for you to see like, oh, this person could be doing this better or I know what could work for you or I can know what this or. So oh, the number so one funny. thing that projectors really have to be careful, which is kind of like the shadow side is like volunteering what they see without being asked or invited um, because they do see things that could be helping people. But unless there is a place for that advice to land in in the other person, then it's kind of like energetically throwing a ball up against the wall. It's going to like rebound and hit you back in the face. People are going to say, bossy, know it all. I was always told I was bossy in grade school. I was like known for that. My family is going to laugh so hard when they hear this. They're going to be like, oh yeah, that's it. Yeah. Um, So there's that. But then there's also the fact that obviously you you, um, take on... um, because you don't create your own, you don't generate your own energy. Um, you know, it's not always that easy for you to, um, keep up with them in the same, uh, ways that they do. So as a projector, you can kind of like dip in and out of their energy. So you can kind of go in, ride on their wave of energy and make the most of it. And for two to three hours a day, be as productive or as on or as energized or as whatever it is as they can only for short bursts, because if you do it for much longer than that, then you will, um, burn out. So it's not that projectors can't be productive and energized and all those things, but it's just that it's because it's not your own energy. It's kind of like we're talking about with coffee. It's like you can do it for short amounts of time. If you do it too much, then you'll have a massive crash. Right. So it's about being intelligent with the energy that you do have access to and just being super efficient because you're a projector. You will be efficient with the way that you choose to spend those two to three hours of the time when you are being energized and on and productive and all those things. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. That makes a ton of sense. And then you said something about how projectors manifest. I was wondering as a projector, if you had learned anything that you kind of wish you knew about manifesting, like specifically for projectors, 
that maybe, you know, you've discovered recently? Or- mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you the most important thing about, um, about manifesting and getting clear on what you want is actually there's another part of your chart that's much more important when it comes to that. And that is, um, I don't know if you ever saw the arrows. There's four arrows that are near your head in a chart on my oh, body yeah. graph. So when you when you look at the arrows in someone's chart, mm-hmm. um, the bottom right-hand arrow um, basically will point either to the left or to the right. And if it points to the left, you... Um, manifest in a specific way which basically means that it really works for you to get clear on what you want to have a list to have a vision board to get the specifics like oh I want this kind of home with these kind of or I like this car or whatever yeah whereas um whereas if you have it pointing to the right then um it would be that you're a more general um that you are more general in the way that you manifest so you're specific Okay. Which means that when you're very, very clear on what you want and you can really like name it down to the detail and stuff, that's yeah. when the universe can really get behind you because it says, okay, now she's clear. Let's like leverage this. Thing. Oh my gosh. Okay. That's Whereas interesting. if you're non-specific, so the bottom right hand arrow points in the other direction, it basically means that um, you should be more general. So for example, with me, if I say, oh, I'm want... Um, I want Jordan, I want to be on Jordan's podcast. That would never work for me because the universe would backfire because I'm not supposed to be specific. So I'm not living my design. So what that means is I have to focus more on like, I just want to share universe, like whatever, however that looks, but let me share to the next level or help me get to my next point or reach more people or be working harder or whatever it is that I want. And that's when it will give it to me. So that's one of the most important things in terms of, um, Ma- the way that we manifest in our chart is actually has nothing really to do with our energy type, but much more to do with that bottom right hand arrow. Wow. Okay. That yeah. makes a lot of sense for me now that you're saying that, because I feel like with the small things, I'll literally think of something that I like want to know more about or like that I want. And it shows up like within a couple days, if mm. that, like it's very quick. And with bigger things, I feel like I'm definitely more general and they, I struggle manifesting there wow. for sure. Cause I will say something like just, I mean, like, oh, I'm looking for like a relationship or something like that. Very, mm-hmm. very general. And it, you know, doesn't come the same way right. as when I get super specific. Like the other day I was sitting with my roommates, this is an example, but I was thinking how I really wanted to put our home videos um, on DVDs, but I was like, oh, we don't have DVD players anymore. I wish there was an app for that. Then five minutes, she was like, my dad puts all wow. of our home videos on this app and it's on my computer. Come look at this. And I was like, oh my God. Wow. This is so crazy. Yeah. And really the the thing is that the small things are so easy to you because you don't you don't have much um uh sort of mind chatter that comes in and would interfere with the fact that you can't get that. Whereas if you got really specific about something big, yeah, you, all of a sudden your your brain, which is always trying to interfere, always trying to be your authority, yeah. you know, the mind and human design is always trying to we're conditioned to let that be the authority, whereas that's not our authority. Yeah. Um the mind is going to go, no, but you can have that, but that doesn't happen to people very often or that's too big of an ask or that's too specific. You have to, whatever. Give like some more options. The, or, yeah. yeah. Or okay. you could never, that can never happen to someone like you because of X, Y, Z or whatever. Yeah. Whereas with the small things, we're like, oh yeah, of course. Like, why not? Sure. Yeah. Like it doesn't, it doesn't mean anything about me as a person if I find a DVD app. So right, you don't right. have any like, um, holdups there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So when, 
what is an authority? Can you kind of like give an overview of what that is and like how you know what yeah, that so, is for you? Um, your authority is basically the part of you that um, gets to make the major life decisions. Okay. So if you see in your chart, you see you have nine energy centers. Imagine they're like... Um, they're like the a team, you know, like a football team. Yeah. And there's always one of them that basically gets to call the shots. Now, Jordan, because she doesn't have any of them lit up, that's why she needs to wait the whole lunar cycle because <laughs> basically <laughs> life shows her what... Um, guides her. Guides her, right, exactly. Um, so you can either have no inner authority like she does. Um, you can have sounding board authority. You can have um, emotional authority, sacral authority, splenic authority ego authority or g-center authority so yeah there's lots of different ones she you're emotional okay that makes sense um <laughs> and your emotional wave is um so w with being an emotional it basically means that your whole life is on a um you know ups and downs of emotions that ha you know sometimes you wake up and you feel happy and sometimes you wake up feeling sad and it's got nothing to do with what's actually going on in your life it just is just right that's the whole I'm thing designed. about being an emotional person is like you are always on this wave oh, wow. of emotion that's controlled by whoever's upstairs. <laughs> um, and basically um, with you, you have an emotional wave that is a kind of, um, I tend to call it the escalator because, and this is what where you guys have a friendship. Like one of your big areas of friendship is that you both feel this need to creatively express yourselves. You're both really into expression and creativity and the limitless possibility of that so that's one of the places where you guys if you're talking about the venn diagram of where you have and what you have in common yeah. like that's a real bond for you too <laughs> me too so um with your emotional authority um the interesting thing about emotional authority is that in terms of making your major life decisions you basically have to wait until you're in a point in your emotional wave where you're neither high nor low, but you're in that middle bit where you're like cool, calm and collected. And that's when you have clarity on things. So when you're deciding what to do or if something's right or if something's wrong yeah. and because you're emotional, but also because you're also, um, this only applies to I, before everyone else self-diagnoses <laughs> before this, uh, because you're a projector or a manifester, if you have this emotional authority, um, you basically have to wait until you're feeling that middle, that cool, calm and collected. Yeah. And then life will give you clarity on whether that's the right thing to do or not. I feel like I totally wait for that clarity. I always tell you, I want my gut instinct to like yeah. kick in. Wow. You're so patient with it in a it's way so that I'm always like, remember I told you like when you're about to have an important conversation with someone like career or otherwise, I'm like, how are you waiting? Because yeah. if you want to do this, I would literally do it right now. Wow. But it, it works for you to wait. Boyfriends and yeah. my boss all the same. Wow. Like I'm very much a wait for the right time You're kind of person. Really living your design then in many ways, like naturally. That's great. Which is I awesome. love to hear that. Yeah. The, the emotional authority is probably the hardest thing to decondition from because the world tells you that, you know, in charge people know, like reply to an email straight away or have the answer straight away. And if you have an emotional authority, no matter what you are, um, your best friend sentences are, let me think about it. Let me come back to you. Let me sleep on it. Like all of those things, yeah. anything to basically buy yourself time so that you have clarity because what they say for emotional people is that there is no truth in the now. We're so mired with our own stuff that right. we can't see so clearly all the time. Wow, that makes sense. And I feel like I've gotten really good at that in my personal life for the most part, but professionally, I think I struggle with that a little more, mm -hmm. like not kind of 
mm-hmm. giving people what they want when they want it. You yeah, know? yeah. And, and you know, the, it's hard because the world, we're currently holding the, for vibration, for want of a better word, of a culture which values people having answers straight away. Yeah. But the way that we move out of that is more of us being willing to buck the trend and do something different. And then that's when it will change, right? So yeah. if we're born now, we're born at this crossing of coming into 2027, which is according to human design, when the new paradigm is coming in. Um, if we're alive right now, we're, we chose to be born now because it's on us to basically like be the ones to change the paradigm. And literally we do that just by doing something differently ourselves and risking other people judging it or thinking it's crazy or thinking it's, you know, on making, making us dumb or unworthy or unproductive or any of these other things that wow. people tend to attach with taking your time or resting more or being more open or not being busy. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, it's, I don't know if this is something that I'm doing kind of wrong in quotes, or if it's part of just being a projector, but my sister being a manifesting generator and me being a projector, we work together and I always, we always laugh at each other, I think, because if there's, if I can sense that she's like not liking something that we're, you know, having to do, or like if something's stressful, it really weighs on me. I really take it in. I really like try to, I don't know, do something to help or talk to her about it. Mm -hmm. And she's so, um, how do I say this? Like she, it can kind of bounce off of her. Like Mm -hmm. she'll be annoyed for like a second and then it won't really matter to her, but then I'll remember she was annoyed or whatever, even Mm -hmm. our personal relationship. Is that something that's common kind of? Um, well, it's actually more common. It's, it's actually to do with, um, Basically, wherever you're open, no matter where in a chart you're open, no matter where, wherever you have whiteness mm-hmm. is where you take other people and that's where you take the external world in. And if you, wherever in your chart you are um, the most heavily conditioned, you've been most heavily exposed to conditioning in one of those white areas, that creates like the wound, right? Oh, wow. And so um, the wound, what I see is that the wound, the place where we're trying the most to kind of fill in almost yeah. act like it's not white. That's what creates um, almost like a spectrum. It's on a spectrum. It's not like black and white, but it does create a level of codependency of needing to be fixing someone or yeah. sorting someone out or being the one to help them. And, helpful, yeah. you know, all that stuff that, um, you know, we also then creates a feeling that we value ourselves. So it would come through and yours is really actually needing to feel like you're the one providing a sense of direction for other people. So, um, that's sort of like your wound where you feel like, Oh, if I do that, then I feel better about myself. Yeah. yeah. So different people have different places where they're wounded, but that's where the codependent, um, behavior can sort of like mainly sort of creep through if you will. Oh, funny. Okay. Yeah. That's really interesting. Like mine used to be, and still is, you know, having the answer for people. Like I have the answer, I have the answer, I have the answer. And now I'm like, Oh, I don't, I like that. That isn't as long, as long as I realize that that isn't um, what makes me doesn't define you. Yeah. Okay. Then I do it less. Yeah. And then also people don't need it. And if people really want my advice, I'll ask me. And if they don't, then they don't need it right now or it's not right for them. And also projectors have this thing where, you know, like the, the not self, which is like when we're not living according to our design, we do have a thing where we need to always be right or we need other people to see <laughs> us as right and having the answers. And that's something that I majorly still, um, you know, like constantly stop myself from doing is like, but I know how, da, da, da. especially with family. Cause that's, you know, always <laughs> the part so where it's really difficult. And, yeah. yeah. 
And you kind of assume that everyone's constantly inviting you, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, but what I do with my sister, which is kind of cool, is that because, um, you know, people get confused about what's an invitation, what's not an invitation, whatever. And I think with your close people, you can have that conversation of like, you have open invitation, you know? Yeah. Or I will, I'll, I'll make sure that I tell you when I'm inviting you or whatever that boundary is that feels comfortable. Right. Of, you know, just so that you know that that person doesn't always have to invite you so that you share what it is. Like if there's people that really recognize you in your life, then you can always feel invited to say what it is that you need to say. And even just having one person in your life that does that makes it so much easier to not need to volunteer to all the people (laughs) that don't, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So you just need like that best friend or that, you know, other half or whatever that you feel like you can always be honest with. And that's interesting because I was reading which site it was on. There was like a little blurb. It was saying how you have to wait for the invitation, you know, as the strategy, but as projectors, you don't have to be invited multiple times. Like you just, once you're invited, you're invited. And I think that's something I need to Mm. remember Mm. and just know that like when you get the go ahead from the universe, just Mm. to run with that. Mm -hmm. It depends on the relationship as well, because I don't know, like with my boyfriend, for example, like he doesn't, He's not interested in human design, right? (laughs) There'll be some times where he'll invite, you know, like he was going through a hard thing last week and he was like, he's never, you know, normally he's like always, you know, just doing his own thing and I do mine. But then he was like, is there something wrong with Sagittarius and Capricorn right now? And I took that as like, he's open, right? Right, So then I went into da-da-da. And then sometimes he just doesn't want to know. So it's a little bit more... um, complex when you yeah but you can it's always you feel it out it's always that you know when someone is open when you feel like they recognize you as having something to share two parts to an invitation someone recognizes that you have um wisdom to share and second that there is a place in them for that wisdom to land so if you feel like you have both then then that's a true invitation it's yours okay yeah and then you can run with it yeah (laughs) I have a I have a question about her chart. Mm-hmm. So since we have her chart pulled up here, could you tell by looking at her chart like what kind of person would be good for her to be with, like relationship-wise? Because, well, that's something we think about. And as her friend, like I'm always wondering, like, who's gonna be the perfect type of person for Jill? Because she's <laughs> she's her, like she's such a unique, amazing person. And Mm -hmm. can you tell that by looking at a chart? Um, You need someone who actually, because you do tend to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. And that's actually a good thing because it means it's actually a sign from your soul that you are someone who is going to carry a a lot of energy of other people. You're going to carry that energy and you really are going to be able to lift people. So it's a sign from the soul. The main thing that you need from a relationship is someone who makes you feel like, holds that space for you to like be that the the good side of the being responsible and the holding space and the and the super capable and all that stuff but also someone who allows you to be kind of a bit because you have this you know you have the strategic side of you but then you also have the part that loves like the inconsistency and they're not having discipline and just going with it and just having big picture and not overly focusing on like the tiny little things sometimes mm-hmm. so you need someone who's going to basically like really sh- like hold that for you but then also someone who's gonna make you feel like you don't have to always like because you have that strategic ability it's great for like using on other things but around this person like 
they've got it. Like they've got the reins. How many like, times much have I more. said that? A million times. Like that's actually, so that's crazy. very um. That's what I feel like I want. Yeah, that's what you've said. It's you having want. someone who can exactly. kind of take charge. Yeah, in your in your personal life, you can just be like almost see like that person see you was like the flitty like floaty irresponsible one and then at work oh, you're like so the bunny <laughs> that'd be so great that's that's so when you have that that's like a really good sign that's what will make your energy work even better than the way that it does so it's like when someone comes in they can enhance this electrical circuitry or they can you know stick Sweat nails that. in it you know what i mean <laughs> yeah and that, if you have that feeling that's someone who will enhance the way that your system works basically wow yeah so that's cool. awesome I love that. I can't yeah. believe you can tell all that from my chart. That's amazing. <laughs> well, it's good fun. Jenna has such like intuitive gifts when she's looking at someone's chart. She sees so much more than just the picture, um, which is why you're so good at what you do. Thank you. I mean, we could go on forever, but I know um, I want to know what are these red arrows, the so, arrows on the left. Um, so the combination, your combination of your arrows, the arrows say so much and what the, the my body graph uh software is only like a tenth of what if you have like advanced software will tell you so much it's like a thousand other numbers and pictures and colors and whatever um so and that's also do you have that like on your computer of course that's so Um, cool but what they they say a bunch of different things but for you um i mean they say things about the the way that we should eat, the way we should live, the places we should live. Um, They're really like not something small to be. And if you're you're on my body graph and you're not seeing arrows, um, top, if you look at the top banner, you see my body graph, talking body graph, and then you see my body graph, sir. You need to click on that and all of a sudden the arrows will appear. Because if you're in the talking body graph, the arrows don't come up for some reason. Um, I don't know why they designed it that way. It's a confusing website. I know. (laughs) (laughs) We just need to go in and tweak it yeah. a little bit, make it easier to um, understand. Um, but also what I remember from your chart, what you guys also have in common is you do have that, it's funny, you do have that new alpha female thing that you have too, where it's oh, like yeah. how to adapt to the new world, how to kind of get into that old place. And what really what you have is like I was saying to you is that you're so kind of like, you know, you like the kind of lack of discipline and lack of knowing and the whatever, but then you also have that strategic thing. Like that's a really beautiful combination to have because on the one hand, we need to be focusing less on structure and whatever. And there's benefits to that. But also we need people to remind us that like strategy is still a really good thing, right? Like yeah. knowing what you want and being specific and being able to apply your brain to certain things outside of yourself. Like those are things that are, you know, they still have value, right? And so in the new world, we're still going to need to remember what the, um, you know, how to do that basically. Yeah. Um, not just all the creative fun flitty yeah business. otherwise we just all float off into things you know what I mean <laughs> yeah. so and and because you can see literally in your chart what you you're very very um your energy is very grounded it's very visceral and and tangible and you don't lose your um you know you don't float off very easily at all and you have that astrology balance with the fact the that you astrology it is oh, yeah. yeah two earth signs and a water sign yeah, yeah. Huh. Virgo moon right Taurus, Taurus sun Rising? I think so. I think so so yeah. cool. Yeah. She's very much a Virgo moon. Like really? so grounded. Do you want to see how astrology plays into human design here? I'm yes. just going to click on this here. What? We're learning so many things. on That's your wider chart. What? That's your wider chart. And you see how this is the astrological wheel. And then this is the wheel of the I Ching. So oh, wow. all these different planets, you see this is like your sun here in this chart. And 
Is that um, Taurus? Your moon is here and all these all these oh different things God. and you see how that's affecting your inner so is this um, the same as like what like her astrology? So it's interesting chart? because it is your astrology chart of your what we call what they call the natal chart in um you know when they would read your astrological chart. Right. Um but it also um does the chart of the um about three months before you're born. So you're seeing two suns, two moons, oh, two wow. everything. Wow. And that's what so makes much. up your human design chart. So um yeah, if anyone who wants to see their wider chart, um, anyone who's an, an avid astrologer, go to view in the second top bar and then click from r- standard to rave mandala and you'll see your wider um, human design chart in that. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. We have a lot to explore. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, the more you know about astrology, it, it obviously helps. And I, I believe all these things, like they're just modalities that are here to just give us truth and they're here to tell us the same thing. I don't think like human design is the thing that's better than anything else. Like I think it's all just a talented medium or a shaman or astrologer. They will all tell you the same thing. Yeah. Just in different ways. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to me. And I think certain things will click with people more than others. Mm. Yeah. Exactly. So it's just what it's funny. So many people ask me like, um, you know, can you recommend other readers or whatever? And sometimes I'm like, oh, I can recommend a great astrologer though. And I have an awesome intuitive and she would tell you the same things that I would, even though she's looking at something totally different or it's all the same. It's all, it's all good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So if there was as someone who's super new, there was something I wanted to like check out mm-hmm. to like get the next level of like info. Mm-hmm. Would that be a book? Would that be a podcast? What would that yeah. be? Yeah. So um, what I did was because most of the information on human design out there is either dogmatic or <laughs> crusty and old or yeah. too, um, too um, prescriptive. I basically um, created a whole bunch of videos and audios on my website that describe all the different aspects of what it is to be you. So like you're a projector, so you could have like the basics of being a projector. That's one. The second one is eating for your type. And then the third one is like work and success, like in your career for your type. And then we have another program, which is really exciting. That's called Digesting Life. And that's um, the way that you should be eating and your strongest sense, because everyone has different senses more dominant in their lives. Um, And it tells you if like hot food is better or cold food, or if you should eat in the light or inside of the light, outside of the light, um, in sound and low sound, all these different things. Um, And I did that because I just didn't like, I think, you know, the internet is like, you could hear so many things that are wrong about you on... I don't know, the number of people that, I don't know, write into me and say, oh, I heard that I'm a three, six. Does that mean I can't be successful until I'm 50? And I'm like, (laughs) I hate that there's some human design stuff that's telling people things that is just not helpful or like encouraging of you being like, whatever you want to be like. Well, the impression I get of human design so far is that it's all about you just knowing yourself enough to get what it is that you want, Mm -hmm. right? And just going about getting it in the way that's right for you. Yeah, Exactly. Okay. And so if ever there's like, I always say to people, if ever you come across something that, uh, uh, something in a human design book or on the internet that doesn't make you feel good or doesn't feel right, or you don't like the sound of, just ignore it. Yeah. Just move on. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> yeah. We only want to do positive, encouraging, you know, worth affirming yeah. messages. So awesome i love yeah, it we amazing so i know <laughs> i'm so glad we got to do this because in my experience always like the people listening right now 
they're the people who are meant to be listening and like they're meant to hear the questions that you asked and there are people who can relate so much and if anything like from the last episode that I had you on my most amazing dedicated listeners were like okay now we know everything about reflectors Mm. like what else and there's not that many I mean yeah I have met lots of amazing reflectors who do listen to this podcast which Mm. is cool because that goes to show like there's a lot of people out there. Um, but I've, yeah, only met one other reflector in life and that would be wow. my father. I know, who would have thought? I know, who also was on the podcast earlier today. It was amazing. Aww. It was so amazing. So I know. So tell everyone where they can find you. Um, it's easy. It's just jennazoe.com is my website where all those things are. And um, Jenna Zoe Daily on Instagram. And that's it. Simple. That's very simple. <laughs> well, I need to get some of your programs. I'll like, send you everything. I would love that. Yeah. I want to know. Well, the one thing you told me about the way I should eat, I literally live by that mm, now. That. To eat alone. Mm-hmm. Like, I try to eat alone as much as possible, which you know I already tried to do. Like, mm. going to dinners and stuff. I would much rather have eaten beforehand. And always. yeah, always. Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, always. Um, Just, I only like to eat around people that I'm super comfortable with. Otherwise, I'm literally eating their energy. And then it takes me like days to get that out of my Mm -hmm. system. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So thank you for coming back. I know, you're amazing. And thanks, Jill, for being here. So fun. Okay, guys, thanks so much for listening to this episode with Jenna. And also thanks to Jillian for joining and asking so many good projector questions and so many good human design questions in general. I learned so much when um, Jillian was here asking those questions because we had the charts pulled up and Jenna was showing us things and the arrows and all sorts of other things. And I just cannot wait to study all of this and learn how to read charts myself at some point. I'm so into it. I love figuring out everyone's human design in my life. So I hope that you guys enjoyed this episode. If you did, I would absolutely love to have you rate and review the podcast in iTunes. It really helps with visibility and it just helps in general with, yeah, with people getting to see the show and um, all that good stuff. So thank you for being here. Thank you to our sponsors, Hum Nutrition and Lumino from Oral Essentials, Teeth Whitening Strips, and also to Silver Fern Probiotics, three of my favorite companies out there. All of them, by the way, represented by people who are so kind and so easy to work with, which is such a pleasure for me as a blogger and podcaster to work with people who are just so genuine and so kind. So definitely support them thank you for supporting the show to our sponsors and we'll be here next week chatting with my favorite author of all time so excited talk to you guys soon Mwah.